everyone, and welcome back to The Known Podcast. I'm Liz Burns, and today I am joined via Zoom all the way from Barcelona, Spain, by my dear friend, Brandy Carano. We have a great episode for you today. Let's get into it. Well, friends, we are just, what, four days away now from Easter. I am, in the church world, we call this the Super Bowl of the church because Easter is like the thing. This is the day in the church world. Actually, at our church this weekend, we are having six services. Um, So pray for your local pastors, y'all. What I was going to talk to you about today is Easter baskets. Um, You guys know that, like, my seven-year-old, of course, is wanting an Easter basket and I'm happy to buy it for her. But then like I also have an 11 year old and a 14 year old. Like, do you guys still do Easter baskets? And like, is there an age cut off? I personally still have one for them because they're my kids and like who doesn't want gifts? But also I will say filling them gets harder the older they get. Like for my daughter Ella, it was really easy to find like cute little things. But for the boys, they're not as interested. And I don't want to put just candy in there because... We have a lot of candy at the house. So I did a few small things, some gift cards. I don't know. What are your ideas for like older kids for Easter baskets? Or do you just say, here's 20 bucks. Happy Easter. Um, Just let me know what you think. Hit me up at Known Ladies on Instagram and we'll be right back. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Known Podcast. And I am overjoyed right now because I have one of my dearest friends in the whole entire world joining us from Barcelona, Spain. Friends, welcome my dear friend, Brandy Carano, to the podcast. Hi, Brandy. Hi. (laughs) Brandy and I, let's see, met at Southeastern College. Mm -hmm. Uh, in 2000, the year of our Lord. Uh, It was good times back then. It was a simpler world. Uh, And Bran and I, let's see, we're stood by each other at each other's weddings. We have journeyed through life together and she is in Barcelona. Brandy, I know everything about you, but for our listeners who don't know you, can you give them 30 seconds of who you are? Absolutely. I'm Brandy Carano, dear friend of Liz Burns. And uh, my husband, John, and I have been married now for 18 years almost. Uh, The last 13 of those have been spent in Barcelona, Spain. The last eight of those, we've been leading the International Church of Barcelona, which is a multicultural, vibrant, diverse community in downtown Barcelona that now meets in multiple locations and all throughout the city. And um, that's a little bit of who we are. We have three beautiful kids, a new teenager, 13 this last weekend an eight-year-old, and a four-year-old. So that's us in a nutshell. I cannot believe that girl is 13. Um, Brandy, on our podcast, we ask people about pets, and I kind of feel like you may be petless currently. Are you? Are there any pets in the Corano household currently? So there are no pets unless you okay. count our four-year-old son, because <laughs> I feel like he counts. <laughs> I fully understand. <laughs> Our children are begging for a dog, and I have told them that potentially in three years, we will get a toy poodle, potentially in three years. Is Europe, like, do a lot of people have pets? Like, where you're living, is this, like, less pets than the U.S.? Like, how does that feel? 
Barcelona is known for large dogs. Now I'm not mm-hmm. talking about street dogs like in Eastern Europe. I'm talking about like really nice large dogs coming out of very small apartments. And it's just <laughs> a shocking phenomenon that I am not going to adapt to. I remember the days of your dog Barkley. Is it Bar- Barkley? Was he? How do you remember that? <laughs> we had Barkley. And if we had another one, we would name him Sleeps Quietly in His Kennel because I think the name had a lot to do with why that wasn't a successful relationship. Listen, I, we talk about pets here. I'm dog crazy, but you let me know, know that poodle. I will come throw it like a proper baby shower. Welcome, you know, just I'll come to Spain. It feels necessary. So um, <laughs> I was never have a dog. It warrants an international trip from Liz Burns because <laughs> absolutely, that absolutely. And hold me to it. Um, well, I, Bran, I brought you on today and I um, have been wanting to talk to the ladies uh, here at the Gnome Podcast about this concept of God's will. Um, Brandy, you grew up on the mission field. Your parents were missionaries. um, And I felt like when you and I met at Southeastern as two naive 18-year-olds, we had a similar grasp of this idea. Um, Can you tell our listeners, like growing up, how was the concept of God's will presented to you? Like if you were 18 to 25-year-old Brandy, like when you heard this term God's will, like what came to your mind? God's will at that time in my life was linear. Mm. God's will had a perfect will. Uh, It wasn't just that you were in or out. It's that there was a perfect will. And if you weren't achieving that perfect will, you were doing something wrong. Either you were not listening accurately, either you were not um, behaving accurately, you weren't in tune enough with God's voice or God's family. And so God's will was a daunting concept to me for many, many years. Yes. See, I, I resonate with that. I, I feel like in our youth groups, and I don't think anybody was doing it maliciously. I don't think anybody was trying to be bad, but it was like, we have to find God's will. Right. <laughs> and it right. felt like something you could mess up. I mean, you probably would mess up actually. (laughs) And I mean, like truly, and like, okay, so Brandy and I have this in in, uh, common now, we're both cancer survivors, but I got cancer at 23. And I remember thinking like, God's will, like, this is not, you know, when people would say, they probably said the same thing to you, Brand. God's got a great plan for your life. God's got a great plan for your life. I mean, do you think if you had a dollar for every time you heard that spoken to you, (laughs) I mean, it's it's heard that and said that because that was also something I propagated in those early years as well, because it was such a black or white situation of you're either in God's will, you're out of God's will, pray for God's will, be careful to miss God's will. And um, it was just a very, very specific thing. Yeah. What, what kind of effects do you think that wound up having on your faith then as you're, as you're growing up and kind of wrestling with the Lord and discovering who is God, who is Jesus in my life? How do I abide with him? Like, what do you think hearing that over and over then does to the psyche of someone who is wrestling to become, you know, a believer who lives this out? I think the danger of ever assuming that we know God's perfect will and are following his will is that it negates the fact that he gave us will mm. and he is the giver of free will. And so he, I, sometimes I wish he didn't, to be honest, I think <laughs> that we would be a lot better off if he just told us what to do and we did it. Yeah. I'm a rule follower. I'm a one on the Enneagram. So, so um, rules bring me great pleasure, but the truth is that's not the case. He gave us free will. And so often I think he gives us the opportunity to choose. Yeah. And it's not even like I used to say, well, there's a good, but then there's a better, mm. but then there's a best. So mm. what if I choose the good and he's got best And that's the kind of thought that I went into at that age, even considering a future spouse. I remember talking to a campus pastor at the university, then college, right, that we went to. 
And I remember saying like, I just want to make sure I'm marrying the best person mm-hmm. for me. And I'll never forget. He said, Brandy, what do you want your life to look like? And I told him, and he said, okay, what is John's life going to look like? I told him. And he literally looked at me and said, Brandy, what more are you waiting for? He said, <laughs> do you want to marry this man? Yeah. And I said, well, I think I do. I'm just not sure if it's God's mm-hmm. will. And he said, so you're waiting for writing on the wall that says John in all fluorescent letters. And I said, well, that would be nice. Yes. Because that's how I felt like I had to know God's will. And now I've learned, no, I chose John. John chose me. We made a good decision, but it was a choice. And those are the choices God gives us. Oh, I love that you said that um, because I do think, you know, the writing on the wall. I love that you said that. I think people are waiting for that. I have young girls come to me now. It's like, oh, you know, it's the one, you know, and I'm like, well, girl, like do the boxes tick, you know, and I think sometimes, oh gosh, I wish I could explain this to people more. It's like God's will. I don't want to like to use the word obvious, but I do like to use the word natural. Um, When I met Jason, for example, like it's not like I devote, like got on my knees and fasted for two weeks. It just worked. <laughs> you know, it was just like we dated and like, I'm not saying that you're going to meet the one and it's going to be like snap, snap, snap. But I thought, oh, he did take all the boxes and there was no compromise. You know, there wasn't even like the knowing, even that knowing part, going back to that, exactly what you're saying. Like yeah, people telling yeah. me at what point did you know? And yeah. I say, I, I never knew. I, I walked down the aisle and I remember thinking, <laughs> I sure hope this is the right thing. Like but, but I knew I loved him. I knew we were committed. I knew we were making that decision together, but I can't say that I've known and many of the biggest junctures in life. I didn't know, but there were some criteria that I did follow. There's some ways to discern God's will for that moment. And I think that's so so important. Yeah. And I think in the opposite token, like ladies, some of y'all are dating the wrong guy and you kind of know it ladies. Like, listen, Uh, you come to me and you're like, you know, we broke up six times. He, um, he isn't a believer. You know, um, I always did want kids. He doesn't want kids, but you know, maybe it, I'm like, girl, you know, you know, Dave. you know, I'm like, what are, what are you waiting for? Like, and I do think people are waiting for the writing on the wall, but, but we do that with career. We do that with, you know, uh, gosh, I mean, having kids, like you're never going to be ready to have kids. Oh my gosh. Like I don't, I have a 14 year old son and who was a freshman in high school. And I still don't think I know, you know what I mean? Like every day I'm like, what is happening? You know? Um, but I do think there's an organicness sometimes to God's will. If we are living in community with him, if we are seeking him, you know, Brian, one of the things that freed me was when somebody told me God's will was inevitable. They said, it's inevitable. If you're a believer, if you're seeking God, you're gonna stumble into his will. And I was like, that's really exactly yeah. not being so afraid to miss it, but recognizing and taking some confidence in the fact that if you're seeking the Lord, if you're in relationship with his family, if you have truth tellers around you, mm-hmm. you're, you're not missing it. You're in it. Uh, exactly. No, <laughs> it's you're true. It. It's true. And even right now we're, we're dealing with a situation where someone's saying, well, my gut told me this, but my heart told me this and my head mm-hmm. told me that. I'm sorry. I'm not, I can't distinguish oftentimes between my head, my heart and my gut. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And I think that's, that can, it, I understand the concept. And I think as we know the Lord and yeah. as we know ourselves, we do begin to understand and recognize how he speaks to us yes, and how yes. we're more inclined to listen. But I think it's dangerous territory to say, well, my gut told me this, so this is God's will, but my head told me that. So that's God's will. My heart told me, whoa. And then yep. the other concept that's huge, at least 
when I was 18 and 25 and still yeah. hasn't changed that much is being led by the peace of God. Because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, do you have peace? I'm glad you brought that up. I am glad I mean, you What does that. peace feel like? What yes. does peace look like? I had a lot of peace about some things that I've done that were terrible decisions, yes. you know, and then other things were a step of faith that involved anxiety yes. or that involved great pressure, but that doesn't mean they were not God's will. So I think that's a huge thing as well as being careful with how we feel we're in God's will. I'm so glad you brought up the peace of God. Um, I love that. I think that's another sort of, I mean, let's say it abused term in, in Christ because it's like, I'm going to pray. I don't have peace about this. It's like, you know, I think I'm going to go on this mission trip. You know, I don't have peace about it. And you're like, well, you're, you're just a little nervous about travel. That's okay. Like a lot of the best things in life are going to be on the side of discomfort, like God's will or, you know, doing something that God could be proud of doesn't mean like everything's easy. Like I said, you and I are both cancer survivors. Like life is hard, man. Like, you know, um, marriage is hard. Like even committing and saying, I'm going to get married. I'm going to do this. That's all hard. But saying, oh, I don't have peace about this is an easy scapegoat, man. Or, you know, I'm going to pray until I have peace or I I really have peace about this. No friend, you are numb because you have so desensitized to the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about being afraid of God's will, but I'm talking about we do have the Holy Spirit within us and the Lord. Amen. Yeah, the word says he is a, um, you know, like a a comforter, but he's also that little telltale inside of you, you know. Speaker of truth. Yes. Saying this ain't it. And sometimes we've numbed it so far down that we go, well, I really have peace. You know, I haven't heard God say no, (laughs) but you're like, well, because you're so distracted, girl, you ain't listening. But, you know, (laughs) As much as I think the will of God was misused and the peace of God, and that's not, that's not just talk about your 2000 is misused. Absolutely. It's confusing and is, you know, this, this, this earth upward thing that we're trying to figure out Um, as much as the peace of God can be misused. I do think there are some basic ways that we as believers can say, are we on the right path? Yeah. One thing I love, a mentor told me this years ago, she said, Brandy, most often you will see the will of God when you look over your shoulder. Mm. And that is so good. Looking mm. forward, we oftentimes yeah. can't see what's the will of God. I don't know. Yeah. But when we look back, we say, oh, you were there. You it. guided me. You were faithful. You healed yeah. me. You protected me. You, wow. Whatever it is, that's where we see his will. Not so much looking forward at the unknown future. So we're looking back at his faithfulness and goodness. Wow. You know? No, His will is not this razor blade to fall off of that you're just going to one day or another be on or off. No, yeah. it's a path. Yeah. We're on a path with our loving father, yeah. right? Yeah. Towards His will being accomplished in our lives and on this earth. Oh, I love that. Like in the rear view, we see God's faithfulness and we go, oh, that was God's will. You know, even 17 years of marriage, you know, you'll be 18 this year, I'll be 18 in December. But it's like, oh, I could go, oh, yeah, Jason's definitely the one. Well, yeah, it's good to say now. Like, now I go, yeah, it worked out pretty good. We're, happy we have these kids I guess it worked out good but it's not like going into it you knew everything um knowing all this has it changed like how you talk to your kids now about like God's plan for their life God's will do you try to introduce the concept almost differently so they don't have the same sort of like faith holes that you and I had to go through you know, I think we try to do everything in light of what we were taught and what seemed to work and what resonated and what caused more trauma than other things. <laughs> and, so though we, and though we imperfectly parent, as every parent does, whether they admit it or not, um, um, I think we do try to help them see through a filter that I think is a bit more healthy. 
Um, I think a healthy filter on God's will for your life is, does this line up with the word of God? Like, what yes. does the Bible say about this? Oh. If the Bible isn't specific about it, then does this line up with the character of God? God is good. God is wise. God says, take care of, of your body as the temple. You know what I mean? Um, is this the right time to make this decision? We talk to our kids about wisdom a lot. Yes. Like, is it the wise thing to do? Because yeah. you can do a lot of things. Yeah. But is it the wise thing to do? And then we always tell them, if you don't know what to do, ask us. We know a little bit more and we're for you. We yeah. will always be for you. And so that's the same criteria I look at in my life is does this line up with God's word? That's does so it line good. up with who God is? Is this the right time for this? Is it wise? Yeah. And then getting other people involved in the decision that you trust and to know you. Yeah. So I Our, think that's the filter we're trying to help them see through. Now they wouldn't be able to say it like that, Yeah. but that's what we're going for. No, that's, I think that's so smart. Our oldest son, I think had started to stumble into a little of that. I don't want to mess up God's will. And, and it was just about, should he play football for school or not? Right. Well, I feel, you know, cause we'll say subtle things. We hear this little inkling in him. Like, I think he's going to yeah. preach, you know, but at the same time, we've always said like, you can, you can be dentist if you want to. Like, it's so hard to do when you do see like that he might be called a ministry because you don't want to put that on him, but yet you might see it there. And truly, like if he wants to be a dentist, your girl's going to enjoy some free dentistry. Like I don't, dentistry is expensive. Like let's do it, you know? Yep. But you see those gifts in your child, you want to foster it, but he was going to play football. And so he's like, I don't want to mess up God's will. And I said, honey, like, this is a hobby. Like, I don't think God is, you know, for or against, like, I think he can bless you in this. I think you can learn through this, but I don't think you're going to mess up God's will. You're not so great that you're going to mess up God's will by playing football or not playing football. I mean, girl, God's will is not so small that that decision is going to off-road you. <laughs> Some things in life, we're just going to do, like, I did things in my life that you go, oh, I can really see how God has used this in my career. Um, pageants, piano lessons, things now that I go, well, I'm glad I'm comfortable on a stage. And then there's other things I'm like, what the heck was that? But there's not, it wasn't bad. You know, it was yeah. just like, well, okay, here we are. And exactly. I think when we, you know, as pastors too, teach this concept, I think it's less like God's will as a destination, you know, and more God's will is today. Say yes to what's in front of you. A lot of times that's, that's simple, you know, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I remember we were facing a situation a few years ago and I was talking to one of my mentors and I was like, things are going well here. I kind of am afraid we're peaking at an early age. Like everything that I always wanted for my life is already happening. And I was really wondering, like, are we, are we hitting God's will or are we mm -hmm. missing it at this point? And she just gave me the best advice. She said, Brandy, she said, I think it's your choice and you can choose to transition and do something else and dream another dream or you can dive deeply, sink deeply into the life you're already living. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is our choice to transition or to deeply sink in. And we chose to deeply sink in. That's yeah. why we're still here. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. But yeah. it's just that you really do get to choose, but God's will will bless the transition and God's will will bless the sinking in deeply. Exactly. You know, that's so, so I don't need to dream a new dream. Yeah, I'm already living that dream. For you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. because it's not, you know, I'm going to miss it. Or I'm going to do it. It's like, hey, yes. like, you're okay. <laughs> I think we really, we really do over import ourselves. Like we think we're a bigger player in all of this. And God's like, you're this, you're a little vessel. You're a, you're a chess piece, you know, and I'm big God. And I will, you know, not that we're not important, but we will, you know, God will take care of it. We're not so big that we're going to miss okay. it all. <laughs> and, and you mentioned it as we were chatting right before this talk, but I think it was just so important too is that God's will, um, yes, it is specific in moments and that's great. You know, should I do this decision? Should I take this job? Should I move to this city? 
but there's also the general will of God. And you mentioned it, just the word, you know, yes. like, like, like act justly, like, you know, like love mercy, you know, walk yeah. humbly, yeah. Um, you know, like seek and save those who are lost, the mission of Christ, you know, like there's a common call to follow him. You're just not going to go wrong for doing no. those things. No, <laughs> exactly. And that's good. That's freeing. And also like try something and fail. I think we're afraid of that. And you mentioned being an Enneagram one, which I don't know if I knew. Um, I'm a three, but I'm married to a I know. And, um, you know, I think we, I shy away from things that I think I won't kill, like crush, you know, I want to crush it. Any I don't, fear of failure and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's okay. And I want my kids to know that like yes. with Joey, we finally said, go out for football. A good friend of mine who is, uh, just a listening boy. She said like, let him do it. Like, she's like, what are you afraid of? Like, and I was like, well, he's so good at the preaching. I don't know if he's going to be as good at the football. And she's like, end you know like what's the big deal like let him do him let him fail um and sometimes that's like the biggest learning place you know and if we only succeeded like we would not have our grooves and our scars that really have made us into the empathetic whole people that we are um amen and the failure didn't mean we were out of god's will (laughs) no exactly god's will is not sunshine and rainbows only um i look at my life i look at uh experiencing child loss i look at cancer and i think to myself like hey these have really been monumental moments in my life but i remember a mentor of ours said to jason like god is carving out of you capacity to know him and i was like amen ouch like Can't I learn that on a sunny day, Lord? But no, you can't. No, I mean, I do feel like in the valley, you know, I can tell you God is real because I met him there and he met me there. Yeah. And, and so this illusionment that we gain reality and that reality is that God is good and God's plans will be accomplished in our lives. And you can trust that. And yeah. it might look like cancer for a season and it might look like miscarriage in a season. It might look like loneliness in a season. It might yes. look like suffering. It might look like joy. It might look like a sunny day, but we are not far from God's will. We are in it and it is now. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I couldn't think of a better note to kind of end this on. Um, and friend, if you're listening today and you've been wrestling with this, know that it's okay. Like God has never been afraid of our questions. Questions lead to answers. Go to him, take it to him. And you've, you've probably tried every other thing, career counselors, the uh, Myers-Briggs tests, whatever, but nothing. And no one knows you like the God who formed you. Some of my biggest revelations about myself have come in quiet times with God because he made me. And he'll say, Liz, you're this way because I made you this way. Um, So today know that in this journey, uh, you are not gonna miss God's will. He is there with you today and you're doing a really good job. Brandy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Muchas gracias, mi amiga, por vida. I don't know if that means my friend for life. You got it, you did it, friend for life. (laughs) I love you dearly. Please come back and be on our podcast again. I know everyone's going to love you. And uh, this was an honor for me. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Oh, please. Anytime. Well, friends, we'll be right back with more of the Known Podcast. Welcome back to the Known Podcast. And it's time for our new segment called Ask Us Anything. That's right. On social media, you are welcome to DM us. We put up a post and let you send in your questions. And listen, sometimes these questions are spiritual and great. Like last week, we talked about building self-confidence. Well, this week, the question was 
a little less spiritual, but you know, no less important. And it was, what is the best Disney movie of all time? First of all, I have to say that this is a painful question for me to answer. Um, I don't know that I could come up, well, I'm gonna tell you mine, but I would like to publicly call out sound engineer Nathan, who is in the room right now. And I asked him this question and he answered Frozen. I hope you hear him laughing in shame right now. Frozen? Frozen is not even in my top five. Frozen is not, if your answer is Frozen, I know all I need to know about you. It is not Frozen. Okay, so top three, and this is top five, and this is gonna be a controversial list. Number five, Oliver and Company. Don't come at me, it's underrated and the Billy Joel score is incredible, okay? Number four, I have to go old school classic Cinderella. It does things to my heart, makes it flutter. Number three, um, don't come at me. Again, Lady and the Tramp. It is classic. It's just pure Disney magic, heartwarming sweetness, and it's dogs. So no one's surprised. Number two for me, Aladdin. Aladdin, the score, the story, Robin Williams as the genie, just... Aladdin is magical. And my number one, Beauty and the Beast. Yes, Beauty and the Beast. Nathan's shaking his head, but he said Frozen. He said Frozen. Beauty and the Beast has probably my favorite Disney score ever. Gorgeous storyline. I could say it word for word for you now. So now that that is out there, agree or disagree, please let us know what you think. (laughs) We'll be right back with more on the Known Podcast. Well, that is it, folks, for this week's episode of Known. I am so grateful to you for listening. Thank you so much for sharing with your friends, for leaving us a review. Um, And my special thanks to my guest, Brandy Carano, and of course, to sound engineer Nathan. I hope that he's able to listen to this podcast and let it go. Um, Never forget that you are known and loved by God, and we'll see you next week.